Jack Flaherty is a Detroit Tiger. Let's talk about it all today on Locked On Tigers. You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Friday, December 15th, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked On Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team, every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown to get started. Alrighty, well, happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're having a fantastic week so far. The Detroit Tigers on Thursday afternoon signed Jack Flaherty to a one-year $14 million deal. That is what we will be talking about this episode. If we have any time, we will begin the mailbag. Uh, we had a, we said that this episode was going to be a mailbag, so in typical fashion with our luck, um, the Detroit Tigers obviously make a move. So I promise we will get to all questions that were asked on, on yesterday's show, okay? our Wednesday's episode. I promise. I have them all written down. I have them all saved. We're, we're good. We will get to all of them, but we're going to get to all of them next week. So I promise we will discuss your question, um, but we're going to start today if we have time at the end. Uh, if, if We'll see how long the Flaherty conversation goes. It might take up all 30. might only be a two-segment thing. We'll see where the, the, the conversation takes me, okay? Uh, but I just want to make that clear. We will get to the mailbag questions. Just that's going to be a next week thing now because the Tigers signed Jack Flaherty to a one-year deal. One year, $14 million for the Tigers and Flaherty. Um, my initial reaction to this is like a million different reactions, to be completely honest with you. I, I don't view this signing as a 100% uh, like – this is, is absolutely going to work out. I'm like thrilled over the moon, 100% all in on it. Uh, but I also very much understand the upside behind it and don't view it as like the worst signing ever, or like some big negative thing either. Uh, th- there is this is a a big if that that's my word that that just came to me right now. That's my word. If I had to describe Jack Flaherty to the Detroit Tigers one year, 14 million, the, the one word I would use to describe it is if. Um, because if Flaherty can, uh, get the help he needs from Fetter, London, Nieves and get that fast, if he gets his fastball back, then maybe he can return. I don't think he's ever going to be Cy Young candidate again, but if he can even return to like sub four ERA baseball, then this is going to be a massive win. Or, and if the Tigers are now pleased with their starting pitcher depth, then they can go and this can be a platform kind of, kind of setup move right? A gather step for all my basketball fans out there to a nice little layup at the 10. Okay. And, and that being a trade that, that this absolutely could be that, but what if he's just a five ERA pitcher now and the injuries have, have really taken their toll on his arm and the, the coaching staff, you know, like this, this coach, people have this, and I am the biggest fan of these gentlemen, but um, you, you can't just, like, if I was signed by the Tigers tomorrow, 
Like as much as I believe in Federland and Nieves, I'm not throwing a sub four ERA this year for the Tigers for 150 innings. Okay. Like there, there has to be some give and take, right? Like we saw Joey Wentz last year. We, we, we've seen pitchers that, that have struggled in Tigers uniforms since this coaching staff has been assembled. Okay. So it's not just like, Oh, like it's just, don't even worry about it. Like, no, you, you got, you got to find an angle here. We can't just, that's not analysis. We can't just be like, oh, don't worry about it. They got it. I, I I have as much faith in them as any coaching staff in the entire game of baseball. Um, but but there has to be there there there's always some chance that like it it's not that that it doesn't work out, right? And and what if the Tigers are are done making moves now? And that's a very real thing that I want to discuss later on in this show. I, I think that there's a very real chance. Not saying it's likely, not saying it's certain, but I think that now they're set up to, if the season started tomorrow, they would be kind of fine with it. I don't know how many moves are left, but also all the other ifs that I said are still very much on the table. So you're seeing that I have, I've taken a while to process this. First off, I recorded the mailbag show at noon today. <laughs> it's now past midnight because the Red Wings played. And so I had to do the Red Wings show after that. It's very late, thus no episode right at midnight. Um, and so uh, and so I'm, I'm re-recording this show already for like the second or third time today. And I'm, uh, I've just, I've tried to take a while to really process this, but uh, truly this could go in so many different directions. And I think that is my biggest takeaway from this is it could lead to anything. And that's not a bad place to be. It's not a bad place to be standing in front of, a, a, you know, nine forks in the road. But it's a scary place to be at the same time. And it, it's not a certain place to be, I guess is a better way to put it. So I want to start off with the impact that this has on the rotation. You now have starting pitching depth. You objectively have it. Now, do you have guaranteed innings out of every single person on here? No, I would actually argue the opposite. I actually think you have the whatever the opposite of guaranteed innings are, you have the opposite of it. Um, your rotation is now some combination of Scooble, Flaherty, Maeda, right? Mize, Manning. That's probably like if the season started tomorrow, that would probably be your five. But you also have Reese Olsen. You also have Sawyer Gibson-Long. And then like, I mean, even doubt you just added Wilmer Flores to the 40-man roster, right? You, you, Kyder Montero has been like, uh, like somebody that, that everybody wants to keep an eye on. Like there are, th- th- there's, I, I mean, the kind of the list, Jackson Job is probably going to pitch in the upper levels, if not the major leagues at some point this season. Like, Herter had a good year last year. I, I mean, time add in. Uh, like, <laughs> who knows, like, if Dylan Smith is healthy. Like, you, you have you have, you have have starting pitching depth. Organizationally, you have starting pitching depth. At the major league level, you have starting pitching depth. So what do you do with this depth it is, is, a, is a question. <laughs> and I don't know if I have the answer. But that is the question I get after this signing. You have depth, now what? The two easy avenues are now you make a trade. You have a, my favorite word, you have a plethora of starting pitchers. 
use that and, and, and use that as leverage and sell off what you have access of and go bring in a bat via a starting pitcher currently in your organization. And that doesn't, I, I know that I talk about it, you know, probably being Manning all the time, but like, that doesn't mean that it, it's not Sawyer Gibson long. It doesn't mean that it's impossible for it to be Reese Olsen. That doesn't mean it's not Wilmer Flores, Ty Madden, certainly not. Right. And that doesn't mean I'm advocating for those guys to get moved, but like, it's very possible. You, you, <laughs> I, I think oftentimes fan bases uh, like overvalue their own prospects and or players. Like you're going to have to give up talent to get talent. The better the bat you want to bring in, the better the pitcher you're going to have to give up, right? So I'm not advocating to like trade Reese Olsen tomorrow, but like he, I, I can't imagine that he's going to be like this untouchable name either. And that I just used him as an example. This applies to all, all the names I just mentioned. Or the flip side, if you're not going to trade, is you look around and you go, okay, of the names there, who am I confident in can even give me 150 innings in 2024? The answer is zero. That's the answer. Kenta Maeda hasn't done it in years. Jack Flaherty threw 144 in 2023. Hasn't eclipsed 150 in what will be five years from 2024. 2019 was the last time he did that, and he's had two pretty major like arm injuries in that span as well. Right? Casey Mize coming off of Tommy John. Tarek Skubal has never pitched a full season. Matt Manning has never pitched a full season. Reese Olsen has never pitched a full Major League season. Sir Gibson Long has never pitched a full Major League Baseball season. Right? You, you, have, you have no one. You have, you have zero 100% certainty for innings and in your entire rotation. So there is an argument for, you know what? We're, we're running eight or nine deep at this point. Let's just hold on to all the assets and let's play ball. And when inevitably people get hurt or people are put on innings limits or there's arm fatigue because people are coming off injuries, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, whatever it is, we are locked and loaded to fill that void. There's absolutely something to be said for that. I have been the biggest advocate for that. I have been screaming for this team to add starting pitching since like the Bush administration, right? Like I've been doing it the entire off season. Okay. So if they don't trade anyone and they just are going to sit on their hands and go, you know what? We want the starting pitching depth. I'm about it. I'm not mad at that. But that does lead us to the choice of making Jack Flaherty the last starting pitcher you add, knowing that you were only going to add one more. That's a, that's a question mark to me. Okay. We'll continue this conversation. We'll get into all of that right after I tell you all about our friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel is the best in the business because as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot with FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150. If your team wins, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is truly so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. This is really such a fun time of year to get in on this. Uh, you have the MVP race that is heating up. You have potentially the first wide receiver to ever win MVP. And Tyreek Hill, you have Dak Prescott, who's emerged as a legitimate candidate. You have a couple other quarterbacks in there, obviously. Then you also have, on the playoff side of things, you want to talk about like NFL like team props or just like game to game, right? You have 
like 11 or 12 teams in each conference that are all like eligible and still very much in contention for the postseason. It's going to be a crazy time. Okay. So there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Locked On Tigers. Appreciate you all for tuning in, making us your first listen every day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We will be back on Monday answering your questions that I was supposed to answer today. Okay, but the Tigers had to go out and do a uh, do a thing and sign a player. Also, be sure to check out Locked On Sports today. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's a 24-7 streaming channel uh, that is covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our local and national shows covering every league. So go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Uh, Jack Flaherty is a Detroit Tiger. We've t- I've kind of talked about the, the the ins and outs of the signing and, and what could come out of it, what could not come out of it, et cetera, et cetera. Let's talk about him as a pitcher, okay? This past season, he had a 4.99 ERA in 27 starts. That's 144 and a third innings pitched. He had 148 strikeouts, a 1.58 whip. Uh, for those who are a little more analytically inclined, he had a 5.10 expected ERA, a 4.36 FIP, and a 4.36 XFIP. Don't see those being the exact same too terribly often. Uh, his war on fan graphs was 1.8, 9.23 K per nine, 4.12 walk per nine. Well, there's some random stats. Can I throw away? Yeah, yeah. Eight and nine win loss record. Okay. I think that's pretty much everything we can do as far as like the, the back of the baseball card type of stats go. So, um, all, I mean, a five ERA last year. And if you look pre and post trade as well, 4.43 ERA in 110 innings in St. Louis, 6.75 ERA in 34 and two-thirds innings in Baltimore. Uh, the whip on the season was 1.58. Uh, was well above one and a half for both teams. So, okay. The thing with Flaherty, everyone realizes the upside here. Okay, everyone is is, is very well aware of the upside. Everyone's aware that in 2019, he was fourth for Cy Young voting. He had a phenomenal season, almost through 200 innings, had great strikeout numbers, did not allow any base runners, was a workhorse. He was the man that year, okay? Um, since then, since 2019, we have 2020, 490 ERA and 40 and a third. 2021, 78 innings, 322 ERA, but only 78 innings. 2022, 36 innings. 4.25. That is three seasons that combined are what? Still un- a little bit above 150 innings? Around 150 innings pitched across three seasons put together. So again, there is like he, he had pretty like significant injuries occur over that three-year stretch, that, that two-year stretch in 21 and 22 specifically. And I'm glad he was back on the mound and he was relatively healthy this past season, but he had a five ERA. So it's really about finding the stride and no one's, at least you shouldn't be expecting him to be like top five in Cy Young candidate ever more. Any more, that's not going to happen. The velocity has gone down a tick or two 
since all the injuries started piling up as well. I was a guy that could pump 94, 95. Now is mostly, I think he still averages above 93, but it's more of a 92, 93 type of thing. Um, but uh, he'll t- still top out at 94 when he needs to. Um, it, it hasn't been some like, oh, we lost five miles an hour or anything. But the effectiveness of the fastball is wildly different. And for a guy that throws his four-seam fastball over 45% of the time, having a four-seam fastball that isn't effective means you are not going to be effective. That He throws it too much for any other outcome to be possible. So the biggest thing that this front office, this front office, this coaching staff needs to get to the bottom of and needs to work on is the effectiveness of this dude's four-seam fastball. 2019. He had a 194 batting average against his four-team fastball and a 343 slug. His run value on baseball savant was 22, plus 22. That is remarkable. It's one of the better fastballs in the league. 2020, 238 batting average, 397 slug. Okay, still not terrible. 2021, 193 average, 379 slug. Not terrible. 2022. 324 average, 603 slug against his four-seam fastball. 2023, 290 average, 411 slug. He is going to live and die by the four-seam fastball, and that is absolutely the biggest thing that needs to be addressed and will be the biggest thing that either makes him take a step forward and get closer to like sub-four ERA baseball or continue to stay with where he's been at. Because the swing and miss stuff is still like there. Is it as electric as it was in 2019? No. His whiff rate was better than league average, though, this year. His K rate was just under league average, around league average. Barrel rate, better than league average. Hard hit rate, better than league average. Ground ball rate, better than league average. Average exit velocity, way better than league average. Top quarter of the league. Like there is still very much a a profile here that could lend it to be a a decent back end of the rotation pitcher, not a Cy Young candidate, nothing like that, but a but a fine veteran in the back end. He's also only twenty eight years old for whatever that's worth to you, as well. Okay, but the walk rate ten point two percent. That's the bottom quarter of baseball in percentile, twenty third percentile. And his chase rate, 12th percentile, almost bottom 10% of the league. If you're not chasing, it's really easy to draw walks, <laughs> right? If you're not chasing a pitch, if, you, if, if, if you're not getting fooled by anything out of the strike zone, the walk numbers are going to go up a lot. These are all things that this coaching staff and Flaherty are going to have to work on. It's all reasons as to why this is very far from like, oh, it's a slam dunk. No worries at all, right? Because there's a chance that given the injury history and given the, the the taxing that's been put on his arm, that like the fastball just isn't really super effective ever again. That's on the table. I'm not saying it's likely. I'm not saying this is really stupid because that's true. I'm just saying it's on the table. So there's so many factors here. There's so many factors here. <laughs> Um, and that leads me to somewhat of circling back to what we were talking about at the beginning, but my, my biggest thought with this deal really doesn't have anything to do with Flaherty in a vacuum. 
It has more to do with the bigger picture operation. So we got everything done with Flaherty specifically. We got everything out. Like we, you know what kind of pitcher he is. We know what we're trying to work on, et cetera, et cetera. Let's talk about the offseason as a whole and adding Flaherty on Thursday. Okay, we'll talk about that right after this. Welcome back, everybody. Third and final segment here, Locked On Tigers. Appreciate you all greatly for tuning in. As always, we will get to your questions on Monday. I promise I have all of them written down. We will get to all of them next week. So some of them, actually, the answers I know have changed for some, for a couple of them uh, just after this move. And that's kind of what I want to talk about here. So we talked about him, the pitcher. We talked about the rotation. We talked about the impact this is going to have on the rotation. We talked about the potential for trades, et cetera, et cetera. I want to start off and make it very crystal, crystal clear and preface this whole conversation by saying, if this move is a, a like if you're on a Euro step, right, in basketball, if this is step one on a Euro and you're about to like do some crazy move and, and have a nice little finger roll at the rim and that being a trade, if this is step one to that, then it, it, it makes it, it makes sense. And I think that it will be a lot, uh, not that this is like some really difficult, like, signing to digest. Like I, I can't imagine anyone's like furious over it, like furious, furious, but um, I, I'm sure picture just fell. Sorry about that. Uh, I'm sure that I, I'm, you know, whatever. Anyway, um, my point being that in the big picture outlook of this off season, okay. Are the tigers in on another hitter free agency wise? Are they going to sign Cody Bellinger? No. Are they going to sign Matt Chapman? Probably not. Is there anybody else that you're really chomping at the bit to bring in after that? Do you really need another utility guy? Do you really need a 73rd utility guy instead of 72? Um, you're, you, you picked up the option on Kelly. You have your catcher depth. You added Dingler to the 40-man roster. You're, you're three catchers deep there. Donnie Sands, I think, is still around at the time being as well. Maybe not. I'm trying to remember. Anyway, like the 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 only that's free agent market. It's a weak class. Are you going to bring in any notable for, notable free agent bat? Not like oh, we signed a you know four A player on a you know 700k deal, and he has an invite to spring training. Are you going to bring in a notable player that has a chance to start in free agency? on the offensive side of the ball starter, probably not pitching wise. What are you in the market for pitching wise? You could always add another reliever. No one's going to get mad at that. Okay. So that's always on the table, but that's you, you have expendable roster spots. You can just switch relievers for relievers that that doesn't count. Okay. Starting pitching wise, are you going to continue to be in the market for another one or two year veteran starting pitcher? How many of them do you need, right? And, and again, like the, I wanted another one. I want to make that clear. Like I before Flaherty, I was asking for another very vocally. So like this isn't like oh like how many do you need? We just signed another one. Like no, I I wanted another one, and, and I and I got one. My first choice wasn't Jack Flaherty, but like that's I, that is that is what just happened. Okay, how many more do you need? We just went through the list. You have starting pitching depth, dog. You do. So I don't think the Tigers are going to be like huge players and continuing to add. Cause like, then who do you kick out? If you had another one, I mean, goodness, 
Okay, so you're you're probably not going to be huge players in, in in that market anymore. You've already got two. You don't want your whole rotation to be those guys. You don't need it to be. Big name starting pitchers, multiple year deal guys, Yamamoto, Snell, even a little bit of a step down from those two, Imanaga, right? You go down the list. Are we going to be legitimate players in any of those guys after signing Flaherty? I'll tell you what, Snell and Yamamoto were never happening, ever, at any point. So we can throw those to the wayside right now. Is Imanaga still on the table post-Flaherty signing? Hundred-ish million dollars probably is what most people are saying. Post-Flaherty. Probably not, right? Maybe this is just a safety net for like, oh, well, if we don't get him, we have a fallback option. Maybe that's all it is. Maybe, right? I don't know. I'm not in the room, okay? This is pure speculation and and just talking this out with you on my part, okay? I'm not saying anything one way or the other. But like initial reaction, it's probably fair to be like, well, we're probably not getting Imanaga then. That's probably it. So... If you're not getting another one or two year guy and you're not getting a long-term guy, you're probably not getting another signing. You're not probably signing another starting pitcher. So I tweeted something out about how if like the this is going to be a project of, of sorts, right? This coaching staff, if anybody can fix it, it's probably our coaching staff. We have fantastic uh, pitching coaches, right? Some of the best in all of baseball. Okay. And and I've already talked about Flaherty. I don't think it's the worst thing to ever happen. I don't think it's awful. I see the upside. We talked about what he needs to work on all, et cetera, et cetera. Right. When, when talking about the roster spot that he takes, and I think in my tweet, I said there was probably a better utilization of money. And I had some people very fairly reply and say, we can afford more, dude. And I was like, you're absolutely right. I didn't really mean it in that sense. I didn't mean that like the Tigers now, they spent 14 mil on Flaherty and now they can't afford anything else. That is, I'm the last person on earth that will ever tell you that Chris Illich can't afford to go spend more money, okay? I am the last person that you would ever hear that from, okay? So th- that was not what I was trying to articulate. And if that's how it came across, then I apologize. Um I, I probably should have used the, the word roster spot rather than money. There's probably a better utilization of a roster spot than Jack Flaherty if this is it, right? If this is it for people you're bringing in via free agency, you will not convince me that, that Jack Flaherty was like the slam dunk best option out there to fill out this rotation. Now. This could still, and I I prefaced the segment with this, and I'm going to bring it up again because I know I have to. If this leads to a trade, this conversation that we're having right now, not the first two segments, that's all still the same. This conversation we're having right now becomes much more uh, understandable and easier to wrap your head around, at least for me. Maybe it's already easy for you. I envy you. Right? But for me... You're like how, how many more additions do do are you going to add on this roster? And if this was one of the last 
pure, like outside adding something without giving up a player, right? Because a trade, whatever, we're going to trade, just pick somebody, Manning, and, and we're going to get back a hitter. Okay, that's a roster spot for a roster spot. Utilizing this roster spot and filling out this rotation with Flaherty, uh, there, there were objectively, I think, better options out there to do so. I think I can speak for most people when I say I, I would have very much preferred you go out and spend legitimate money and bring in Imanaga. That would have made all the sense in the world. And then guess what? You still could have traded because that's the whole point. That's what I've been asking for for months. I, I, I hope this is coming across the way I want it to. I, I have no issue with the value. for. I mean, it's a one-year deal, $14 million. I'm not mad at like contract value on Jack Flaherty on one year. Most of the evaluation places also say that like this is about what his evaluation was. So like whatever, I'm not mad about it's not my money and they can afford to go out and do more moves. This is not like crippling them from going out and signing more people if they really wanted to. Okay, so I have no issue with one year, 14 mil, whatever. Um, I, I have no issue with the upside with Flaherty. I have no issue with him being a back end of the rotation guy. I, I don't I, I don't like hate the signing in that regard. Okay, and I've been asking for starting pitching depth for months, which is the biggest reason why I'm I'm like, OK with just bringing in any, I, I was worried that they weren't going to bring in any other starting pitching and I really wanted them to. So I'm glad that they at least continued to address starting pitching depth because it's been a huge problem the last couple of years. Now you have a lot. What do you do with it? And that that's a, that's an open-ended question. That's a question to you. That's a question to the Tigers. That That's a question to myself. I don't even know if I like 100% have the answer. Are you going to just take the depth you have and go, now we can make it through a season comfortably? Or are you going to take the depth you have and get creative for a change and bring in somebody else via trade? What do you do? That is the million-dollar question. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. Shout-out to the everydayers that do tune in. Every day, we will be back tomorrow. Nope, we will be back on Monday. Answering your questions from the mailbag on Wednesday. I have them all written down, uh, and we'll get to as many as we can on Monday and Wednesday's show, barring another move. And we'll just, we have a lot of offseason left. I promise we'll get to them at some point. All right. I appreciate you all greatly. Uh, again, I, I just, it, it, my brain, as you can tell, is, is in a lot of different places with this one. Uh, I think there's, there's some good that can come out of this. There's plenty of good that can come out of this, right? As I said at the beginning, if, this is a big if. <laughs> it's if for, for Flaherty, the pitcher. It's an if for this roster and what you can do with it after. Th this whole roster is really ifs. And that's... It's, it's exciting, but it's scary. <laughs> like I said, I hope I articulated it well. I'm, I'm not mad. I'm, I'm not like thrilled over the moon. I'm just in a lot of different places at once with this one. All right? Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. I'll catch you on Monday, baby. Go Tigers.